Multi-brand companies, those that actually operate several franchises, tend to be focused on an industry. But I interviewed Chris Seaman, who is the CEO of Strategic Franchising Systems, and they have five unique brands. Join me as we walk through the brands and listen to his philosophy about working with your franchisees for success. Welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. Welcome to another episode of Franchise You. And with me today, I have Chris Seaman, who is the president of Strategic Franchising Systems. Hey, welcome, Chris. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for having me, Kathy. Excited to be here. Uh, you have a lot to tell us. So Strategic Franchising is the parent company of several brands that we're going to discuss in just a bit, but you have a long history in franchising. You've been with Strategic Franchising for a while as the president, you've been the COO before, and you were a president of one of their brands, Caring Transitions. But then you had a long tenure prior to that at Mr. Handyman, which is another franchise, and I understand you were a franchisee. So you have a degree in marketing and just tons of experience in operations. So Chris, Please tell us a little bit about your foray into franchising. Maybe we start with Mr. Handyman. Well, you know, if you go start all the way back then, I think, you know, the thing I always tell about people is you go look at your life and, you know, you, re- you leave university and you have all these things in place and you have a big plan. And I know I did. I, you know, I had a plan where my career was going to go, what I was going to do. I was uh, heavily involved in management and I had involved in some large service organizations out of the Detroit, Michigan area. I had went through a merger, uh, which resulted in a, a layoff for me, which was a little unexpected. I got one of those career turns that you're not planning on. Mm-hmm. And in the process of that, I was, uh, you know, in the middle of what am I going to do with my career? And I had worked for, you know, running organizations of four or 500 different uh, low wage, high turnover employee situations. And this uh, Mr. Handyman organization reached out to me, wanted me to know if I would work with 30, 35 brand new business owners and help them become profitable. And it was one of those things where I said to myself, you know, it sounds like that could be a lot of fun. You know, I don't have any employees. That's going to be less stressful. Uh, You know, I'm just going to coach and and, and talk to people about the things I love, which is business and how to make businesses successful. But I'm only going to do it for a year. So I got to go back out in my real career. I had two small kids at the time. We had to get them financially, you know, prepared for college, all those things that happened. And I got into it. And uh, 10 years later, I found myself as the vice president of the organization. And the reason happened is because I just absolutely fell in love with it. I fell in love with franchising as a model. I fell in love with Mr. Handyman and what we were doing with our owners, our employees, and then our families that we were impacting all across the world. So it got to be just a passion of mine. And and that's what kind of continued me on for the rest of my career and has, has taken me as I've looked for that kind of those next opportunities to really impact people and go that direction. Oh, I can understand that. I was talking to a friend the other day and we said, you know, being in franchising is addictive. Franchisees are awesome to be around. And so I can understand that. Then you moved into carrying transition. So tell us a little bit about that move. Well, when I started to come up, I was looking at, okay, I've been this, doing this for 10 years. I kind of wanted to take uh, my shot at the, at the brass ring, so to speak, get a little bit of you know, my own system. And it was a relatively new system at the time. There were still some uh, ideas on how do you become you know, financially successful as a care and transitions owner when they approached me and, and they really wanted me to kind of bring that expertise to the system. And it really just appealed to me because of what Caring Transition stands for, because ultimately, you know, you say franchisees are great, but I do have to say there's something about a Caring Transitions owner who comes into that with such a passion for the senior community and wanting to be an impact in their 
uh, local marketplace and, and how they want to really help people and their caring attitudes just fits the name so much that I was really wanted to help those people become more successful in their business and learn the business attributes that maybe they had learned how to do the services. They maybe had lost sight of some of the business things that would make them financially viable and be able to achieve their goals for themselves and their family and their employees. And so it was really just a, an exciting opportunity for me to get engaged in something like that and allowed me to expand myself, push myself out of my comfort zone. It was a, it was the models were run differently. We had a different income and requirements to come on board. So it really stretched me in many, many ways that, uh, you know, I maybe was really looking for because I had really kind of locked into what, what it took to be successful at Mr. Handyman. And, and now I wanted to see what was next and what else was out there. So that's what it really attracted me to caring transitions in that particular scenario. It is a great name. You're right. And we'll talk about that in just a bit. But talk about Stretch. Now you're the CEO of Strategic Franchising, which is a company with a multi-brand portfolio of franchises, including Caring Transitions. So tell us a little bit about your role as CEO of this huge conglomerate. Well, if you look at it, since we do have the five, we have the five brands and we have the five brand presidents, you know, my ultimate role with them is to mentor them and to provide, you know, leadership opportunities for them to grow and expand and work with their systems and be kind of that voice. I mean, one of the beautiful things about franchising is I always talk about it is like, it was one of the first crowdsourcing opportunities out there. You get together a few hundred franchisees and they start sharing ideas and we all get better. And you know, now instead of us just sharing ideas within our own brands, we now share them internally over all five of our brands. And that's really my job is to facilitate that and really pick out the really great systems, tools, training, education that we can then borrow and take across all of our systems and really maximize the potential for all of our franchisees. One of the beautiful things about working in a shared organization like this is we can take off a lot of the administrative stuff off of the brand. So the brand you know, the brand doesn't need a full accounting department. It doesn't need a full full legal department and all these uh, full mapping department, a full lead gen marketing department. And we can share those across the five brands, allowing us to put more of our resources towards supporting and growing franchisees because that's what our brands should be specialized in. And I should take all that stuff off of them and figure out ways to do that to allow our brands to individually to be more successful. So that's kind of a, a little very high overview of how I see the role and, and how I really go out there and we try to drive our franchisee success, which ultimately becomes our success throughout all of our brands. Well, that's a common theme. I had the opportunity to talk with Danita Carini, who runs your Pet Wants brand, and she says the same thing. As the focus is on the franchisee and how do you help franchisees be profitable and be successful so you grow that way. So very consistent messaging there, which is which is great. Well, yeah, that's that's an interesting point, Kathy, because we kind of live with the, you know, I've lived with there's one basic principle that, you know, when you get into franchising, it's so easy to get distracted by everything that gets involved in it. And I've said this internally when I was at Mr. Handyman, I said it when I came to Caring Transitions, and we say it as an organization right now, that if we're doing something and it doesn't have a franchisee's revenue or profitability, then why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. And let's evaluate those decisions and under that kind of uh, microscope because there's a lot of things you can get distracted by in a business world. And our success comes from their success. So if we're not focused on those our energies to that franchisee and that franchisee level, we are going to miss the boat. And we always have to pull ourselves back and make sure we're heading in that same direction. And we're all you know, many, many different analogies and different ways to say it, but all pulling on the same row, rowing the same direction and, you know, pulling the rope in the same, same path. So just to kind of 
jump onto that point because it's something I'm very passionate about because in franchising, we get, you know, you can care about your image too much. You can care about your logo too much. You can care about all sorts of things that don't really matter. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. if you're not providing the tools, support, education, and training that's going to allow your franchisees to be successful. You are exactly right. That is the secret because in order to be successful as a company, they, you have to have successful franchisees. And, you know, it's interesting. There seems to be sometimes some tension on top line and profitability, but you have that one mastered. So let's talk about strategic franchising systems. It is a multi-brand company, as you all state. I've heard it called umbrella brands, platform brands, but I love the way you call it multi-brand. So you own Caring Transitions, True Blue, Fresh Coat, Pet Wants, and The Growth Coach. And there are five very different companies and seem to be different industries. Can you tell us about strategic franchising and why these five brands yeah, I think you go into it and you look at a lot of these umbrella organizations as you talk about the multi-brand locations, and they, they often will go down the same path wanting to be in, let's say, home improvement, or they want to be in senior care. What we look for more was the franchisee. That's our commonality. And, and what we're looking for is, you know, one of the things that Strategic really specializes in is like a lot of times when you look at some business opportunities, you need to be a multimillionaire, you have to have at the, you have to be able to tap into, you know, a, a family trust or be able to just generate a lot of income or a lot of resources to be able to even open your location. And what we really wanted to do is we wanted to look at the average middle-class person and how do we bring franchising to everyone? And really the business entrepreneurship and the, the passion we have for that. And we realized that in this marketplace, I mean, it's a different approach. You have to be able to address their concerns, their capabilities, and their resources in a specific way. And once you kind of lock that in and hone in on it, that's really becomes our focal point is that particular type of franchise owner. The individual brands, what we look at them, why did we pick those ones? We really looked at for what made us kind of unique and special in that market so that, you know, if we're going out there and there's other people who do what we do, that we have a unique calling card that is going to allow our franchise owners to be successful in the marketplace. So those are our two kind of key components deciding what brings those franchises on. We did stick primarily to a service kind of concept that you could initially start from your home. And then eventually, if you wanted an office, you could go down that path. Um, Pat Wants is the only one we didn't do that way. And that was because it was uh, it was a relationship we developed here locally in Cincinnati with someone who had launched Pet Wants, and uh, she was someone who was looking to be able to franchise the organization, and that's not her background. And so we just happened to merge and uh, you know kind of combine forces, and you know she brought the systems, tools, training, you know what is the pet industry and how do you be successful in that, and we kind of brought in the franchising world so that we could help expand and go forward under that platform. And like if you talk to Danita, you got a lot of those details, so I'll refer people back to that podcast for some of those details. But it's uh, it's a very exciting one for us. But that's a little bit of an outlier for us because it does require a little bit more capital to get into because it's a brick and mortar situation versus a start from your home situation. And you know, exactly what you've said is aligned with what's on your website. And I love this statement. I'll quote it. Since day one, Strategic has been creating and offering affordable business models to help ordinary people enter the world of ownership. And that's exactly what you said. That's the common thread across your five brands. So you're definitely walking the talk on that one as well. So maybe we could talk about each one of the brands, just so the listeners understand what your company is all about, starting with True Blue. Well, True Blue is something that's really kind of unique coming from the Mr. Handyman world, which was home maintenance. When True Blue really looked at the home in a different way, and it looked at it from the perspective of a senior. Like one of the key things that you'll hear if you talk to the baby boom generation, who's the generation who's currently going through retirement, is over 80% of them want to age at home. Now, what we found out through Caring Transitions was that very often we were moving somebody 
it wasn't because they wanted to leave the home. It was because they were either medically or physically incapable of taking care of the home anymore, and the home was no longer safe for them to live in. So what we started looking at is like, there's a huge opportunity here to help people retire and age in place. So if everyone's probably familiar a little bit with a lot of the aging in place stuff that's going across the country right now, but that's all great, but it's all requires the family to kind of manage that and take care of it and know exactly what they need to make their home safe for, the, for, our, for our parents and our, our aunts and uncles and grandparents as they age. And one thing we do is we specialize in the system of what is someone who's going through an aging situation, what is going to make that home safe for them, and what kind of maintenance programs would be able to be um, offered to them to allow them to age gracefully and age at home around the things that they love and the place they love and all their memories. And we found that that has been very critical to a large percentage of the population, and it's different. We're, now, what we've also found out is, is that kind of caring uh, type of attitude and that kind of communications that were required to be able to work with a senior community and their families has also been really great for dual income families with children who are super busy and don't have the time to do a lot of this themselves. And we're able to provide that high level of uh, service and communication to those families as well. So we found that it's really able to do a dual path type of service that allows us, but we're really our primary focus initially and still a huge focus for us as we've gotten into relationships with companies such as Comfort Keepers, Right at Home, and help them with their, you know, because they have clients who want to age in place, but they are they physically need care. And if that, they, that particular provider can't take care of the home for them, we can come in here and either A, do the work, or we have a whole, whole library of uh, particular like-minded vendors that can come in here and, and help you in an area that we don't necessarily provide ourselves. So that's the true blue kind of in a nutshell. It's really aimed at that continued life at home and concierge service around everything in the home. So would that include like maybe doing some renovations in the home or would it include securing someone to sit with an older person or all of the above? So on the, so that situation, it'd be all of the above, but how we would do it would be different for each scenario. So like if it's, a, if it's a small renovation, if it's a handyman repair, we have employees on staff that will handle that. If you're going to need someone to sit with your, uh, your senior, we have developed uh, national relationships with uh, some of the top providers like right at home. Then we're okay. going to refer you to them through the True Blue connection and take a lot care of a lot of the phone calls and things like that for you. But we're not going to provide that in-home care ourselves. I got you. But gosh, it sounds like it's a one-stop place to really help you with a very difficult situation. Oh, that's a great service. I, Oh, that's a great service. So what about Fresh Coat? Well, Fresh Coat is one of the unique in the painting industry. It's, it's basically a painting concept. And a lot of people immediately know exactly what that means. But the difference between Fresh Coat and some of the other painting services out there is that we really specialize in interiors. And we will paint one, two, or three rooms. And we have our own employees that we can have, that allows us the economics to be able to do scale that type of business to that size. Most painting companies want to paint the entire exterior of the home. Mm -hmm. uh, that means they have bigger crews that they subcontract out, that they come in here and they knock out your home. They do a beautiful job. So um, we went into this saying, okay, what, what is it that's really the missing niche in that marketplace and its interiors? Uh, it's smaller painting projects, things like that. We will do larger painting projects. We do the whole home. We have a large commercial division that you get included in as part of your contract as well. Uh, we'll provide, you know, commercial leads for you. But where we specialize, where we started with is we'll paint as little as one room. And uh, that also allows us to be a little more flexible. You know, if you're doing outdoor painting in the Northeast, 
you know, obviously it's a little difficult to do that in January and February. We, we still, our owners still come in and they still do some interior paint work during those seasons. So it's a, the seasonality isn't quite as brutal as it would be in a traditional painting company. So that's, that's important because, you know, not everybody wants their entire house painted all the time. Sometimes you just want a room or two. That, that's fascinating. Yeah. Now we've talked about, I've talked about pet wants, but why don't you give us a brief overview of this awesome concept? Well, pet wants is really looking at, okay, how can you keep your healthier, your, your pets? And I'm going to say dogs and cats, but we're primarily dogs. Cats, you know, they're tiny. They don't eat as much, but uh, <laughs> we, we have great cat food, but uh, let's just look at the dog side of it. How do you keep your dog healthy? I mean, as we start looking at how we eat, we have started to switch to a healthier diet, better nutrition, more awareness of nutrition, how that impacts ourselves as we um, go through our day-to-day lives. And we want to do the same thing for dogs. And we want to do it the top ingredients and the easiest serving way to get uh, our, our, our pets healthy. And there's a lot of different ways that you could do it. I mean, probably the healthiest way to, to treat your dog is for you to go to the grocery store, buy all the ingredients and cook up each meal every single time. But what we found is that in busy families and busy adults, they're not doing that. So what's the next best? And that is to provide the best, you know, we're a kibble based. Uh, we provide what we believe is the best kibble uh, nutritionally and um for all the various reasons and formulas and different things that we can address allergies and uh, health conditions that allow your dogs to live longer, healthier, and happier lives. Just following the same nutritional information kind of concept that people are now following, they're very dedicated to. And then there's the service component behind that because our food is delivered. And uh, so you can sign up for a regular subscription where you only get the exact amount of food that you have so that your food stays fresh as possible. And that's the other thing we forget about. What we want to do is we make all of our food in small batches and it's shipped quickly to our locations every 45 days. And the idea behind nutrition is, is the longer you keep your food, the less nutritional value it has. Nutrition declines over time. You don't want to eat you know, your loaf of bread two years later, you want to mm-hmm. eat it immediately. And yeah. of course, most people aren't doing gluten anymore. So I probably shouldn't use bread. Sorry. But uh, most of our food is gluten free, but we do also have other gluten uh, addi- additives for the dogs who do need that. And so you go through all these different things. And so how can I sit down with you, talk to you about your dogs, your dog's issues and your dog's challenges and provide the perfect formula with perhaps some supplements and some additional add-ons that we can do to the diet to make sure that those dogs are going to be healthy and live longer. And um, usually, you know, we address things such as itchy skin, Mm -hmm. aid issues, on and on and on. And the thing is, so you get one-on-one counseling from your local Pet Wants uh, franchise owner, as well as delivery and other services to make it very convenient for you. And then the food is fresh and uh, you don't have to store a ton of it because it'll even be right back out there tomorrow if you need more food. I can attest to that and dogs love it. So then you have Growth Coach. Well, Growth Coach is something else. It's originally like one of our first real brands that we started here at Strategic. And what it is, is a small to medium sized business coaching concept. It was formulated around the concept of group coaching. The -hmm. idea is to put you in a group with peers and have you uh, have accountability partners who are invested in your business, but they're not uh, competitors. So it's a great way to for people who are not in franchise systems to be able to get an access Uh, services that would allow their business to be more successful. We really focus on people facing their realities and really breaking down their business so they can work on their business and not always in their business. And it's a great coaching concept. And a lot of the coaching tools that we utilize in the Growth Coach is how we train our internal business coaches to work with our individual franchise owners. So it's a big company for us, not only 
as you know, the growth coach, but also it also educates and trains our internal staff so that we can be more successful in how we coach our individual franchise owners so that they can achieve their goals and objectives and be successful. Ah, that's a bonus. And then your largest brand is Caring Transitions, which has the most locations. So tell us about that one, please. Well, Caring Transitions is really going through what are you going through that life um, when life comes at you and the different opportunities, if you need to move out of your home or someone has passed away and the home is empty and how's the family going to take care of it? What we do is we do uh, moving services, relocation uh, along those lines, getting you moved into your new home. And I can explain all the little details there. It's pretty amazing what what, what our owners will do for uh, an, a senior who, let's say, moving from a home they've been in for 40 years. Now they're going to move into a brand new um, you know, two bedroom type condo or apartment. And, you know, what happens to seniors is like something like 65% of all seniors have a fall within 30 days of moving into a new location. Mm. Now, not all of those falls require medical assistance, but as you get older and you start having, you know, less uh, strength in your bones and situations like that, you want to do as much as you can to avoid um, falls and situations like that. So Caring Transition specializes in a program. It's just called mirroring. And all we do is we take a floor plan of your home as it was, and we mirror it as much as possible in your new home to try to reduce some of that stress of the change. So if you're used to your silverware drawer always being on this side of the refrigerator, we're going to try to put the silverware drawer in the same place in the new home that it was in the old home. And your chairs aligned as closely as we could. You, you know, We're going to take your favorite chair. We're going to also declutter, though. So a lot of times when people make these moves, they'll have hundreds of boxes laying everywhere. When Caring Transitions leaves your home, it is move-in ready. It's like mm-hmm. you've been living there for 20 years and your pictures will be on the wall, your, your furniture will be where it needs to be, your clothes will be put away, your bed will be made. The whole thing is ready to go. Now, what happens to all that stuff that you don't need in your new two-bedroom apartment? You're moving from a 4,000-square-foot home down to 1,000 square feet, mm-hmm. and you have 40 years worth of stuff, most of which you don't look at, use, or even know you have anymore. Mm-hmm. And what we do through there is we have a whole services of uh, liquidation opportunities, um, such as our, our online auction, ctbids.com, which you can go and bid on everyday treasures uh, that, that have come from different estates and it's structured by estates. So you can go through and you can go either into a room or you can go into an entire estate and see what's there in that home. And then those proceeds usually will offset much of your relocation cost. Oh, so, wow. and then when the home is done, the home is uh, broom swept and ready for sale. And what that allows you to do is get your home on the, our, the average American, their largest asset is their home. Right. And that's where most of their capital is tied up for. And when you need to pay for senior living accommodations and over 55 accommodations, or if, let's say, you know, unfortunately when someone's passed on and now the home is vacant, the longer that home sits vacant, the less value will have, the more issues that will arise. The average family takes seven to eight months after someone passes away to get that home ready for sale. We'll do the same thing in two to three weeks, wow. allowing you to get it on the market, especially in this marketplace where there's still a, you know, even while the interest rates have gone up, there just aren't very many homes for sale. So homes are selling incredibly fast. So if you can get that home on the market right now, you can get it sold, you can get it off the stressors of the family. And, you know, that's what we really see that we do, either in a move situation or someone passes situation. We remove that stress through relocation services, clean out situations, liquidations, either through our online auction platform, CT bids, or physical estate sales when that's the best solution. And then we'll do whole home clean outs so the homes are set and ready for sale. You know, Chris, the simplicity of that is brilliant. And I think about 
what you do too is you are able to remove the emotional element that tends to take folks a lot of time to go through things. So that is a, who that's a great brand. So let's there. talk about franchising in our last little bit here. Sure. And so one of the things that you talked about early on was that having these five brands allows you to leverage like technology or payroll or things like that. How does that benefit the franchisee? Well, across the board, I think you brought up payroll is like one that we have uh, a relationship with a vendor that will be able to go across all the five brands, understand exactly what it is that you need in your services for your to support your business. And you'll also get our our portfolio pricing because they, they're going to want to be in all five of our brands. There's going to be some discounts offered and we'll be able to transfer those on to you because that's not our relationship. Once you're in there, we don't make any money off those vendor relationships, but we really work hard to develop them and to go across. And a lot of our operating software is unique because you just noticed all five brands are somewhat unique and a little bit yeah. different. Our operating software is usually done by different vendors, but we also have internal um, development people who know how to work with uh, the different vendors for the different software providers so that we are able to share that kind of knowledge and information. That If you look at a brand of that size, wouldn't they maybe not necessarily be able to afford the, that type of resource? And those are those are key additions that we really get to the franchise um, you know, franchise owners, because uh, one thing I've learned about, IT, you know, I got into this over 22 years ago uh, and technology was relatively simple when we first started this. Yeah. And it's just got more complex, more expensive, yep. uh, the maintenance costs, the, the management costs, just the ideas behind it. Um, you know, if you're not doing this full time, it's very difficult to stay up with all the current trends that mm -hmm. are going on in the industry. And so we have internal trends on technology for marketing, which is the whole world of marketing has changed so much over the last 20 years. I always love telling the story when I got into Mr. Handyman, you know, our number one lead generator for our franchise owners was having a quarter page ad in the yellow page. <laughs> yeah. You know, and our website consisted of 10 pages for every single franchise owner. It was just, you just listened to it and you got their phone number and you called them. Yes. And you know, now we have thousands of pages for each individual franchise owner for 700 something franchise owners across our system. And um, it's very hard to keep up on all that if you're not doing this day to day, every single day. And our larger brands, and our smaller brands, we have all these dedicated people who get together and share those best practices. And those are some of the, the key advantages of being able to share across the five brands. That is a big advantage. And do you have any franchisees that own multiple brands of yours? We have a couple, but you know, if you look at it, one of the things that I always really like to talk about when you're you're launching your own business, and especially most of these folks have never been business owners before. And the one thing I really like to hone in on is, is focus. And you know, what what are you going to do to provide the type of level of service and uh, execution in your community to really stand out? Because you know, why are people going to continue to use you and refer you? And that's usually the excellence in the community. And that's your ability to really provide the service levels that no one else can do. That's the advantage of franchising, right? That's you right. can open 700 locations and hire 700 managers, but they're not going to have the passion and the commitment of a franchise owner. So as we develop and we get a little bit larger, we do see some of our more established owners that have built teams and systems looking to expand into that second uh, brand. But uh, in a lot of ways, we almost want them to say, hey, why don't you just expand in your local brand, in your, let's say your Fresh Go Painters brand, and continue growing that and getting larger. And we'll show you how to scale that because you know exactly what you're doing. You know how to do that. We're just going to teach you the scaling component. And it's going to be a lot faster for you to grow the kind of revenue and income that you're really looking for. So those are our personal preferences based on the type of franchise owner we get. But we do have a few that 
that, you know, blow across all boundaries. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. One of your programs that I want to make sure we have time to talk about is the Winner Circle program, and it reimburses franchisees over time for their franchise fee. Can you talk about that? Yeah, the Winner Circle program was something that we developed for really two reasons. One was to get people excited about our brands. Obviously, that's the most, that's the first, I think, to most people, the most obvious reason we do it. But the other reason we did that is we wanted to have an internal driver when people would set goals, something that they would push towards. Because it's great to have goals, but a lot of times people lose sight of those. They focus in on the day to day. And what we've seen is since we started the Winter Circle program, that our individual franchise unit performance has increased significantly. And it's gotten people motivated to know what's happened. And what we did is we set the Winter Circle number at a number that even if you don't achieve the Winter Circle, if you're getting close, that you're making a living, you're paying yourself, and you're able to pay your employees, and your bills are paid, and you're having a successful business. So we win, we win both ways. Our franchisees win both ways. And then when we get the people who hit the winter circle, what we've seen over and over and over again is those folks take that money and they reinvest it in their business. And that allows them to accelerate their growth to go hit the next target. And so it's very exciting. And, you know, initially people look at it and say, oh, wow, it's a great marketing tool to get people interested in the brands. We're almost really more excited about what it does once they get in the brand and how it motivates and drives behavior. So it basically, as you said, a target for sales. And if they hit that, then you reimburse. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's done over basically a four-year period. Oh, and, great. And, uh, then they get paid. It's like a progress payment. And each time they can take that and invest to the next tier and the next yeah. level, continue to go and decide if they want to buy additional equipment, vans, vehicles, gotcha. or, or territory. Well, I can't believe it seems like we have so much more to talk about, but our time is coming to an end. I have just a couple of questions for you. So Chris, first of all, I'm so impressed with, of course, you are the CEO, but all the knowledge you have of your brands to have five brands and go that deep on all is just so incredible. But you've accomplished a lot in your career. What are you most proud of? You know, when when people ask that question, this works for everybody, but I like to tell a story back from my Mr. Handyman days because it kind of relates to how I feel about franchising overall. Uh, it was a gentleman who bought a Mr. Handyman. I'd been there maybe two years mm-hmm. and he came on board and he was very excited about getting going. He wanted to be successful. And in talking to him, um, you know, he had, uh, he had he had started a couple business on his own. He had done one of those uh, multi-level marketing type opportunity, business opportunities. And he, he had not hit the numbers and success that he had wanted. Uh, he had started a, a, a software company that he had done a couple nice sales on, but he never really hit that next tier. And, you know, he came into our system, I think deep down inside in a little ways, he almost felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had worked hard. He had learned a lot in his career. And we sat down with him and said, okay, what is it that you want to achieve out of your business? And he had two young kids at the time, basically the same age as my kids. And what he wanted to do is he wanted to be able to put them through college. So we put together the plan. And we showed him how the system works. And then we gave him the confidence that he could achieve this. Mm. And not only did he achieve it, he was able to put his daughter through Villanova and his son through Clemson. Wow. And he paid for it out of the business. No loans, no financial aid was necessary. And, you know, I got to see both their graduations. Ah, so that's awesome. Those are the kind of stories that continue to go. That one's my favorite because it's just easy to wrap up in that story. But I could tell you hundreds throughout. And every time I sit down in somebody's table across from their family and hear about what they want to accomplish and, and how it's going to happen. And when it does happen to be a small, tiny part of that, because obviously the franchisee is the one who makes it happen. But I, I just get just this ultimate 
uh, reward from actually getting to be a small part of their success and what they're able to do in their communities. So, and, you know, to be able to see that happen, you yeah. know, those back to that's what I'm most proud of. And that's why I continue to do, frankly, why I do what I do. I hear you. That's great. And my last question for you, is there anything you wish you had known before you started your franchising journey? You know, I'm going to say, I've, I've told a lot of stories. I came out of a world where you told people what to do and they had to do it or else they got fired, basically. You know, everyone worked for you. And to be able to know how to really work with people and, and learn how to find their passion. And then to, to frame everything around their passion. It took me a few years to figure that out, you know. And, and when I got into, you know, I got lucky, I think, just because I was so passionate. I was able to, you know, get lucky and have some success in coaching. But it wasn't really till I figured out that, you know, everybody has the reason why they do this. And once you find that, you go into everything around that. And it makes your job so much easier. It makes them less frustrated when they're talking to you. And they also are able to achieve what they want to achieve if you can frame it under that that context. And I wish I had learned that a little bit earlier. If I'd known that coming in, it might have made my life a little bit easier. But because I learned it the hard way, maybe it's more ingrained. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a better tool for me now than it would be if someone had told me up front. So I don't know. It's either way. That's the one lesson I think anybody takes away from franchising. Find the individual motivator. What drives them? What are they passionate about? And then you frame your system and everything why you're doing we have a lot of rules in franchising. People think they're rules. Well, really, they're best practices, and they're for the best interest of you as a franchise owner and your consumer. This is why we do them. And if you can frame that in that context, they quit being rules, and they start being success guidelines. Ah, such, such great, great advice. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. It was fascinating. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I love the franchise you, and uh, I love what you're doing there. Thank you. Franchise U is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu/yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise U.